0: Before we get started with today's show, let me tell you about another great ESPN podcast, the Dominique Foxworth Show. ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth's podcast is every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing his unique perspectives on football as we get ready for the NFL draft, the personalities surrounding it, and just about anything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out the Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Beaumont Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get this podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Coming up on this episode of The Right Time. Oh boy, what in the world are the Baltimore Ravens doing? We'll get into that and more, but first. All right, so... When I was a kid, we had something called the pennant race. I understand that those of you that are a little bit younger don't really remember the pennant race. And I don't blame you for remembering the pennant race because it was just a whole different ball game. Like when I was younger, only two teams made it to the playoffs in each league in baseball. Right? Right? Before I was born, it was only one. The World Series was just the best in this league, the best in that league. But then they figured out, man, that makes it kind of hard to sell these tickets later. So we need to keep more intrigue. So you add more teams. And so you see that with baseball. Now everybody make it in the playoffs in baseball. It kind of messed everything up, but whatever. We had the pennant race, and you get down to the last weekend of the season, and you're like, ooh, who's going to win? Oh, there's a couple games between them. It would be real, legitimate excitement. I have thought about the last great pennant race many times. 1993 Giants-Braves it was the last year of division play, and it came all the way down to the end, and it was absolutely thrilling. That's how it goes, right? basketball, because of the nature of the game, was never going to really have pennant races because you're going to have eight teams that were getting it. But they threw in this play-in, which kind of helped to replicate the notion of the pennant race a little bit, or at the very least, get you a little closer to what the NFL's going for, where they always got games at the end of the season that you feel like are going to dictate some sort of playoff seeding. They can, uh flex that game into the Sunday night football or whatever it is. You know, like that's, That's kind of how the game goes, right? So the NBA put in the play in because it would give teams compelling reasons to keep playing all the way through the end of the year. We got to Sunday and I can't speak for nobody else, but I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who was going to try to lose on purpose. All right, like that's what I was looking at. Because as many of you know, I talked about this on Twitter. I only wanted one thing for Christmas, and that was for somehow the Golden State Warriors to get up to that number five seed. Because if the Warriors got up to that number five seed, we would get Kevin Durant versus the Warriors in the first round. Okay, and people are like, well, it would be better if it was in the conference finals. Do you realize how much stuff is going to happen between now and the conference finals? You out here betting on that? No. Get it while we got it. Do it right now. That's what I wanted. And so I'm there. I'm looking at what the scenarios are on what it's going to take. But I'm also recognizing anybody in the West that's got a chance to play against Sacramento is trying to play against Sacramento. That means they're trying to get down to the six. And so I'm looking at the Clippers and they had a game against Phoenix. And I'm like, damn, are they going to try to lose on purpose? But the thing is, Phoenix had absolutely nothing to play for. So you can go out there and look at their starting five. And I know that some of y'all watch so much basketball that you know who all those motherfuckers are. Most of you don't. Right? The, um, they got had a young jock from Australia. He was out there. Uh, a Kogi, they had him out there. I don't remember who else they was trying out. Does Cameron Payne still play for them? I have no idea. But it was a it was a hodgepodge of names that was up there playing for them. But they was holding tight with the Clippers. They was holding tight. I'm like, oh, snap, it might happen. But see, they ain't had have no reason to play. And so the Clippers behind Norman Powell, I looked up at one point, man. Norman Powell had 24 points on 20 shots. And I'm like, guys, does this seem like a good idea to you? And they're like, well, I was talking to Bob Lugaris a little bit all out about this. He was like, you know, that's efficient, right? Because he was trying not to be patronizing. I understand why he would think that there was a need to do that. My point was he had played 24 minutes, I want to say, and taken 20 shots. Normally, when somebody's shooting at that rate and they've got like a name like Norman Powell, they do it a little better than kind of efficient. You know what I mean? Like, if Norman Powell's allowed to shoot 20 shots in however many minutes, it's because Norman Powell is killing it. Of course, after I sent that, I think we got to the end of the game, but he had like 29 points on 22 shots, which looks a whole lot better. And then, of course, you're going to have people coming at me crazy. Anyway, that's where we were. The Clippers pulled out that win because it actually got to be a little tricky. And this is where the play-in becomes crucial because I looked at it. And the Clippers and Warriors, those games tipped at the same times. And if you have not seen the score of Warriors-Blazers, go look that up. I don't want to ruin the surprise. But none of those teams could really lose because then they would probably wind up being in the play-in. Like the Clippers couldn't afford a loss because they would wind up in the play-in. That is the benefit that the play-in gives us, right? Is that you do force some teams to try to win games at the end. Um, unless you're the Dallas Mavericks where you decided you wanted to lose to make sure you didn't get in the play-in in one of the most embarrassing situations that I can think of happening to an NBA team with a legitimately great player. And this is all I'm saying about that. I don't want to get too deep into it. It'll take too long, da-da-da, everything else. All I'm saying is, The number 10 pick in the draft or whatever, 11 pick, whatever it is that they wind up getting, ain't going to do nothing for them. That 19-year-old that they draft isn't going to do anything for them because they don't have enough to even package that 19-year-old to go get something else, right? So to me, you go ahead and you play. You try to make this happen. That would be my play. Or maybe they decided their season was just going so bad that they needed to go home, that it just needed to end. I don't know. Anyway, they out of this. I talked about all that that I talked about on that side of the bracket to get to what I think is a larger point that the NBA has wound up in, at least in this season. I can't say this is going to happen all the time, but this is a bad thing for the league, which is if you're going into a postseason, the idea of seeding is based on a theoretical assumption that your regular season record is an appropriate proxy for how good you are, right? Like the idea being, if you're number one, you want to play against number eight, because you was number one, probably best team in the regular season, playing against the eighth best team in the regular season. Like that's the whole idea of why brackets are set up the way they are. The problem for the NBA, at least in the West this year, is that your record is not really that good of a proxy for what we think is going to happen in the postseason or how good you are when we get into a series. And the reason is just because dudes don't play enough games. Like when people start talking about how slash why Sacramento wound up where they are, right, in the third seed, they're maybe the healthiest team in the West this year. A big part of why Denver's the number one seed in the West was health. Those teams stayed healthy. Phoenix got Kevin Durant, has barely had Kevin Durant. With healthy Kevin Durant, I think most of, not most, that's too far, but a lot of us would agree that's the team to beat in the West. I have said that I think that Denver's going to win the West, and the reason is I just can't bet on two healthy months of Kevin Durant and two healthy months of Chris Paul. Right now, granted, Chris Paul has become basically a role player for them, but he's still their starting point guard, like not having him still winds up being a thing. But the idea that Phoenix is the four seed and so many of us look at them as being a favorite in this. That's not good. That's not good. It's also not really anybody's fault. Like that to me is the trick bag that the NBA winds up in but you're not supposed to have a situation where teams are trying to play themselves into playing the three seed. That shouldn't be it, right? Memphis becomes an interesting case because with Memphis, Memphis holds that two seed because as impactful as I think John Morant is, and I'm not sure yet if John Morant is best player on a championship team good, right? Like I'm not there. At the same time, they can't win a championship without him because I just don't see anybody else on that team that's going to be able to go out there and get their own shot. Or when you need somebody to carry you, I don't see who else is going to be the one to do that. However, at least in the regular season, they're no worse without them. You know, like, they, they be, they're they weird in that sense. Now, I think not having Steven Adams is going to be a big problem. Like, they've done something recently in Memphis, which is important, which is they seem to have unlocked the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing. And if they've done that, then I think they've gotten a gr- potentially great player, right? Maybe the best defensive player in the NBA right now. All of that stuff. They got it. Um, but without Adams, I don't think that they're gonna wind up uh really making like super duper noise in the West. That I don't see. Like they're gonna, they're gonna get the Lakers in all likelihood. In the first round and that was going to be fascinating i was hoping if i couldn't get golden state phoenix i could get golden state memphis but no we couldn't get that all right whatever it happens not the biggest deal in the world but for the league if there's any reason for them to figure out how it is to get these players to play as many games as possible during the season it is to make the playoffs make sense that, to me, is the biggest reason to do this. you got to make the playoffs make sense. You may have a case, and this is where the Sacramento thing got to be interesting to me. It's one thing if a team is trying to get down into um, a playoff matchup because they think they have good on-court matchups against the team. That's not what's happening with Sacramento. People just think they can beat them. That's it. They're just like, yep, yeah, we just don't think they're that good. Hard stop. And they got a great logic, by the way, behind that. My concern with Sacramento is this. Their best player is DeMondis Sabonis, okay? The dude that takes the most shots is De'Aaron Fox. Sabonis, to truly become the player he can be, and he's become a very, very, very good player. But for me, for him to become that player, it's going to have to get to a point where he does this on higher usage. Like, I think he's out there shooting something like 12 or 13 shots a game and shooting something like 60%. Now, you can make the argument that that's not terribly dissimilar from what you get from Jokic in a lot of ways. And that's fair, but this dude ain't Jokic like that. And I know for a fact, if they need Jokic to go put up 25 shots, Jokic will go put up 25 shots, right? Now, we'll see how this goes in the postseason. But that's the step up for Sabonis. That's my concern there with Sacramento. But they were healthier than anybody else was all year, and they can't guard a soul. They couldn't guard a soul with your best players out there. You know, and so I know they want to smoke smoke the beam or whatever it is that they say they do over there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Light, Light the, the beam. beam, beam up, beam beaming up means something different where I'm from, Dan. You have to understand. Parking mean the same thing where you from too, don't it? It absolutely does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on that, get on that Enterprise, Scotty. You know, <laughs> like that. That's look. I'm just saying the NBA. I know they 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 stopped testing for cannabis, but you still can't have people talk about beaming up. Just can't have it. Which one of them pookie? You know what I'm saying? We just can't do that. Um, But anyway, that to me is the biggest issue that that it really comes down to with the NBA and all the low management and da-da-da and all this. I think it's a greatly overstated notion. But you do need the numbers to the left of those playoff teams to mean something. Because then the play, like I said, then the playoffs ultimately make sense. Now, what does become interesting about it though, and perhaps you could call it a counterpoint or whatever it is, Looking at what the brackets are now, and we don't know what's going to happen in uh, the play-in or whatever that is. Okay, we got it. But if I had to guess based on what we got, we're going to get Grizzlies, Lakers, and we're going to get Pelicans, Nuggets, um, and then we'll wind up with Sacramento and the Warriors, Phoenix, and the Clippers. What that does tell me, though, and where this could be interesting is we could wind up with Denver, Phoenix, Phoenix, and we could wind up could not saying will but could wind up with lakers warriors as the western conference playoffs and i will say this all this noise i'm talking if we get that, everything will be forgiven (laughs) everything will be forgiven and it better and you know why it better because we are coming up on for me the hardest time of the year as a worker in sports it is the NBA playoffs and it it's cause of the West. And them games be going late, dog. Them games be going late. We be getting on here. We being cranky. Everything else. If I gotta stay up and watch the West, the least y'all can do is give me something. Because I ain't gonna lie. Y'all better put Sacramento out. I ain't really trying to stay up that late to watch them. Y'all better put Sacramento out. Like, like, come on, man. Show some love. Show some respect. Like, like, look, 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 look out for us. We still gotta work over here. You know what I mean? But that ain't what y'all want to talk about, is it? Right. I realized I didn't I didn't plan to talk as long as I did about that other stuff. I felt like we had to get into like the nuts and bolts basketball. Y'all wanted to talk about how Sunday was like the last day of school in eighth grade. And you know what happens on the last day of school at eighth grade. Everybody get that, that fight in right some of y'all ain't going to the same high school by the time you get to high school you start fighting they try to throw y'all in jail that last day of school in eighth grade everybody decide they're gonna go outside and they're gonna scrap it out you might as well have a card you know what i'm saying like like in this day and age they could promote it on ig live try to sell some tickets whatever it is it'd be like that uh in living color sketch with a young don king you get out there and get them dudes fighting but this the thing about what we saw with the fighting on sunday normally you fight on the last day of school with people you ain't go see for the next three months it's people out here fighting dudes that they got to go to the back with rudy gobert stole off on kyle anderson mason Plumlee had to have some words with bones highland and i'm look i'm here to tell you now bones highland ain't as skinny as me but bones ain't a nickname you get from lifting weights right Mason Plumley is not a small man. And Mason Plumley had had enough of Bones Highland and his nonsense. I, 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 I don't think that was the play. And if you watch that clip, it was so funny. As Dante Jones is an assistant now for the Clippers. And Dante Jones is sitting behind the bench, and he saw it coming. If you see, when Bones Highland comes out there, he starts clapping hard. When he comes toward the bench to Plumley, all right, fellas, all right, fellas. He's trying to stick his head down. And Mason Plumley's like, no, my blue devil brother. I got to have some words with him. And so they wound up. Um, having some words, and then Jaden McDaniels punching the wall, breaking his hand. And let me tell you what I saw on the crawl on ESPN. McDaniels, broken hand, colon. Unclear if broken hand caused by punching wall. Guys, I don't know who you're afraid is going to sue you, I think you can go ahead and say it. I think you can. Because this is just me. If he had a broken hand before he punched the wall. I don't think he would have punched the wall. That's all I'm saying. If I had to guess. He would not have punched the wall. He already had a broken hand. Y'all about to be in the playoffs. Or the play-in. Whatever it is. Y'all about to be there. You broke your hand. Wow. Wow. Now. This is what I want to point out about the Rudy Gobert situation because I find this to be fascinating and I've been in a similar situation before, okay? And what I mean by a similar situation is that sometimes you get brought into a situation and you look around and you do all the math on everything and you see, okay, I guess I'm... I'm here to be team captain on this, right? This was done, that was done. You look at who all the cats are and what the dynamics are, age and everything else. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm here to lead this squad. Got it. But that don't mean them dudes think that about you. And at some point, they come to resent you for that. And you very easily can resent them back because you feel that this is what you should be in this group. Now, under my situation, I approached it a little bit differently, which was, oh, okay, that's not the role I'm going to have. Let me fall back and just stew and be furious. Not necessarily the play that you should make, but your options are kind of low, right? You can't make people respect you. Respect is earned. And I was talking to somebody who's around the Timberwolves, and they told me the thing that was very clear early about Rudy on that team. They don't respect him. It's just that simple. They don't respect him. However, the Timberwolves traded four first-round picks to get a now 30-year-old. I guess he was 30 when they traded for him. But they traded four first-round picks to get a dude's 30 years old, three-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA player, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, six-time All-Defensive Team, And I understand that this might sound crazy to you, but Rudy Gobert, in all likelihood, is a Hall of Famer. Rudy Gobert was the best player on a quasi-championship contender. Right? I would say those Jazz were a quasi-championship contender. I mean, they finished number one in the West, like all of these things. All of that to say... You're 30 year old Rudy Gobert, and you get traded to this team that ain't never done nothing, and they trade four first round picks for you. You think you coming in to be the man? Cause why would you trade four first round picks for somebody that's not the man? And so he think he the man, and these dudes don't respect you. You see what I'm saying? Like they they don't. They don't see you in the way that you see yourself, but you also are probably looking at a team and saying, well, somebody got to be in charge here. It ain't Carl. Ant's only 21. Somebody got to be that guy. But they're like, yeah, but it ain't going to be you. And that to me is what it looks like happened there. And why do I say that? It's very simple. Kyle Anderson called him a To his face in front of the world. In front of the world. Yo. And then apparently told him in the locker room, I'll knock your ass out. Look. You call somebody a bitch, you are wrong. It don't matter if you're right, in fact. You are, especially if he hits you for it, right? Because clearly, there's a level of this that you thought was the case that was not. You guys, I've said this many times before. I'm going to say it again. You call somebody a it ain't going to be long before you find out whether or not you was correct. Like, that's the truest way to get the answer that you're looking for right there. Huh, what if this guy's a Say it. Say it to his face. You going to find out? And Rudy stole on him. Rudy hit him with that. How you say Dalsim in France? How you say Go-Go Gadget? In, in, in French, I don't know how he do it, but apparently they got they got some of the same rules in France that they got here, I don't know what the word for it is over there in France, but Rudy Gobert, at least had been in the NBA long enough to know, hey, 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 bridge too far, buddy, bridge too far, so Rudy's still off on them, and they go back into the locker room, they told Rudy he had to go home, of course they did, course they told Rudy he had to go home you can't punch your teammate on the bench however you have to punch your teammate on the bench under those circumstances I guarantee you Kevin Durant wakes up every day wishing he had stole off on Draymond Green that was his moment right then to steal off on him because that is the appropriate response for that transgression of social decor and it can't be nothing more infuriating than knowing that you owe somebody one and you can't give it to them I don't care how cool them dudes got after the fact they were doing podcasts whatever Kevin Durant oh Draymond won and the only reason Draymond did that is because he felt like this dude ain't gonna hit me and so Rudy had to, Rudy had to still on here's my question how in the world did they win that game they got dudes fighting on the bench and by the way they were playing the Pelicans right they were playing a team that was playing for something they got dudes fighting on the bench McDaniels breaking his hand on his way, how in the midst of all that chaos did that happen? And by the way, now nah, I'm not gonna say that. That'd be too. I think y'all know what. I think a lot of y'all know what I was gonna kind of play the music.
1: Thank you for your patience. A representative from the right time will be with you shortly. Your current hold time is 15 seconds.
0: Yeah, man, I'm surprised when that happened. That dude didn't look up and be like, wait, oh, my bad. I thought y'all was talking about me. I could have very quickly seen that. But y'all, that, that was wild, man. That, <laughs> that's all I got on that. That was that was that was wild. Uh, the thing with the Clippers, I'll just say this. I don't think they liked Bones Highland very much in Denver. Cause I mean, they gave him away. For a guy that's not a bad player. They gave him away. And now he out here getting into it with Mason Plumley. Whew. Yeah. A lot going on to the NBA over the weekend. Right. By the way, I feel like I talked out myself out of my point. I'm like, yo, these seedings need to be reflective of something. Ooh, but we might get the teams we won in the next round. Ooh, we might get all of that. No, these going to be fun playoffs. And it's, maybe it's going to be fun because it's basically like random seeding pick'em. Like it's almost like they drew the names out of hat and threw them on the wall and said, these are the matchup. So we're going to see. I'm going to say my last thing on this because I got other thing I got to go to. But we'll have more time to talk about this later. Have you seen Kawhi Leonard's stats this year? And I'm bringing this up just because it is very clear to me that um, the Clippers are going to need Kawhi Leonard to carry them in the first round. Did you know Kawhi Leonard has basically turned himself into a 50, 40, 90 guy? Like, I don't think people realize this where he has gotten as an overall player. If he could only have played more games in his career, we would be talking about Kawhi Leonard as like, well, maybe the one of the two or three best players of his era. But this is no joke. This season, Kawhi Leonard shot 51% from the floor, 41% from three, and 87% from the line. Can he beat Phoenix by himself is what the question is going to come down to. And the answer is, I bet he can win two games at least. All right, and three.
2: One. hang on but i thought you gonna be like well at least he's got norman powell with him
0: <laughs> spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days i've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so i can break these skinny allegations i keep getting and spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine dial it up a notch and continue powering off peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. All right, uh, I look up yesterday and I see that Odell Beckham is signing with the Ravens. It's guaranteed, was it $15 million on the deal? Potentially up to $18 million. And that left me with one conclusion. They must have offered him way more money than anybody else did. Because I cannot imagine signing up for the mystery of the Baltimore Ravens Um, unless I could not get this money from anybody else. And I really, really, really... Wanted this money. So, Odell Beckham, now Baltimore Raven. Got it. By the way, you want to talk about somebody that just does the the gamut of cities. This dude got New York and LA, Baltimore and Cleveland. He just loved to play ball, I guess. Um, but anyway, I was watching uh watching the get up before I came to record this, and I saw my man Swag Goo, and he was saying that. Lamar Jackson is absolutely walking in that building because there's no way in the world that Odell Beckham would sign to play for Baltimore if he had not had this conversation with Lamar and had some understanding that this would make Lamar decide to come back to play for them. Now, Marcus, obviously, LSU dude, he knows more about Odell than I do. I don't know if he had an actual conversation with Odell, any of that, right? My counterpoint is, If they offered him way more money than anybody else offered, then maybe he just takes it and crosses his fingers. Right? Maybe that's what he did. My thing is this. If I get to the point of saying, I want to trade because I want out of here, you're going to have to do a lot more than bring in the ghost of Odell Beckham to get this done. Like, the thing that got me about Baltimore putting all that money down to get Odell is that we don't know how good he is. Last time we saw Odell Beckham, he tore his ACL. The second time he had done such a thing. I have no idea how good he is going to be when he comes back. I don't know if he will be a number one receiver. I mean, when he was with the Rams, he wasn't a number one receiver. To be fair, he was the number two behind the receiver who that season was the best receiver in the NFL, Right. So maybe he could be a number one somewhere else or however it goes. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, this ain't fixing like a weapon situation. Now, where it can help and, you know, we talk about this with Kyrie in the NBA where these where players have such a high opinion of him in his game, like perhaps a higher opinion than any, you know, than other people do. There's a similar phenomenon with Odell Beckham, but I think it's rooted in something different. And the difference that I think is rooted in with Odell is he famously treats his teammates incredibly. Right? Like, he is the dude that dudes want to be. And he's the dude that invites the young guys over to his house when they ain't really got money. Right? And they like, hey, go in my closet and get what you want. Now, granted, ain't that many dudes in the NFL that can fit Odell Beckham's clothes. But, you know, that's his thing. Go in the closet and get what you want. He's that kind of guy. Like, he's the dude that figured out everybody want to get like me, and I don't need to hold that over their heads, right? He shares the light in that way with his teammates. Like, everybody always talks about that, the picture on the boat, right? They got all the hell for being out there with no shirts on and Trey Songz and everything else. Hey, man, he'd have to invite them dudes down there to get on that boat. I don't think people talk about that part nearly enough. I'm not sure T.O. would have been calling them all down there to get on that boat, right? Dudes revere Odell. But do you realize how much money Lamar Jackson is trying to get in the gap between, reportedly, the money he wants and the money they talk about? You are not going to get him by giving money to somebody else. That's not how that's going to work. And by the way, while I believe that Lamar holds Odell in high esteem, that's one dude I don't think want to be like Odell Beckham. We we ain't we ain't going to see Lamar out here um, with, the, with with the blonde shag or whatever that thing was that Odell was doing all that time that all these young boys wanted to get on and wanted to be. Nah, 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 nah. Lamar, or maybe Lamar really want to be like him because they such completely different people in every way. I don't know. I just know this. If I'm Lamar Jackson, you're going to need to do a lot more than that to get me to show up and so I don't know maybe somebody told Odell that this is gonna be the thing to get Lamar Jackson to come I have no idea none whatsoever I'm just telling you that wouldn't be enough for me and if Lamar does not show up and I'm Odell Beckham and I'm playing with Carson Wentz or uh, Tyler Huntley or whoever else they got throwing the ball oh boy I hope that money good because I feel like I have made a dreadful dreadful mistake because that seemed like it's going to be a miserable team down there and I'm going to tell you a big part of why that's going to be a miserable team because that's a team full of dudes that's looking around and saying if you ain't going to do right by Lamar what the hell are you going to do to me and it's not about whether or not you think the team is doing right by Lamar I feel very confident saying the majority of the dudes that play for that team do not believe they are doing right by Lamar he he, he they got he one of them right if they got to take a side they taking his Odell Beckham's not going to fix that Odell Beckham is not the solution. I don't know if he's the solution to literally any of the problems that they have right now. I really don't know. I really don't. But if the idea is this will change Lamar's mind, I mean, I talked to Mina about this and she said maybe that's what it's going to be just because the reverence that players have for Odell. So maybe, I mean, I can totally be wrong here. I just don't feel like what we've gotten from Lamar indicates that he'll take, Go sign. He'll take $8 million less than Daniel Jones next year so that he can hang out with Odell Beckham. He's going to sign a guaranteed deal worth less than he want because he want to hang out with Odell Beckham. Even if the idea is, I'm going to come back on one year and show y'all what I got, but my best receiver is Odell Beckham? In 2017, we're having a different conversation about this. In 2023, I don't know about this one. I mean, look, if Odell had gone to the Jets, like people were talking about, we all agreed he would be the number two receiver behind a guy that's in his second year in the league. Now, granted, that dude that'll be in his second year in the league is Garrett Wilson, and he is a monster. This is not the Odell Beckham that your mind goes to. This isn't the one-hand catch Odell Beckham. It's not that. He wanted to do that it don't, like, some cats that don't ever feel like they get old. This will be year 10 for him. Year 10 with two significant knee injuries. Yeah, let's see if this makes Lamar Jackson happy. I'm just telling you, I would need a little bit more.
3: We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard.
1: All
2: right, this first story is from Tech. I'm Joseph Cox, senior staff writer for a Motherboard, which is the technology section of Vice. So what we found is that the IRS wants to buy a an internet mass monitoring tool. Now the company that the IRS wants to buy this from, a firm called Team Cymru, they're a cybersecurity firm and they offer access to something called NetFlow data. Now that is obviously something that the vast majority of people are not going to be familiar with. Um, but to put it simply, this data can show which server communicated with another server out on the wider internet. Usually, you can only gather information if you are the internet service provider, the ISP, you know, your Spectrums or your Horizons or whoever, or if you own the server. This sort of data and this sort of tool Gives the IRS, or as we've shown, the US military and the FBI, the ability to see some of that activity across the wider internet. Now, the context in which this has been purchased suggests that it is for defensive purposes. You know, perhaps the IRS could see, oh, some hackers are going to launch some phishing scam emails and they're going to try to trick people out of their tax returns. Or maybe they could try to protect their own networks a little bit better. Um, but from our previous reporting, We do understand that there are other use cases as well. You know, NCIS previously told us that they use net flow data for counterintelligence purposes. Um, The FBI may have their own use cases as well. And then one source who's mentioned in the story told me about how hedge funds are actually trying to purchase this data to study the economy as well. Now, look, maybe the IRS's use of this data is all legitimate. It's all above board. But there's still a conversation to be had around whether we want companies or federal agencies being able to get access to that flow in the first place.
0: Ain't no question as to whether or not we want them to. The answer is no. We do not want them to do that. We do not want them to have such access. I mean, they probably going to do it. Do we want that? No. No, 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 sir. We do not. Glad I could solve that that fast. No, we do not want this. I don't I don't have anything else to say about that other than anything I would say otherwise. We are just a little bit doomed. That's all. That's all. What's next? What's next?
1: All right, this next story comes from Lifestyle.
4: Hi, my name is Beatrice Nolan and I'm a reporter for Business Insider. A recent poll has found that Gen Zs and Millennials are clashing on topic of work spouses. Work wives or work husbands are co-workers who are especially close. They often rely on each other for support and friendship in the workplace, and these relationships have often been compared to marital bonds, normally without the romantic element. However, a poll conducted in March for Newsweek by Redfield and Wilton Strategies found that more than half of Millennials disapprove of such relationships. In the poll, which surveyed 1,500 adults, 57% 57% of millennials said it wouldn't be acceptable to have a work spouse. Only 18% of those polled in the age groups said they thought that work marriages were okay. 17% said it depended on the circumstances and 8 said they weren't sure. The study found that most Gen Zs and boomers were fine with the relationships with only 39% of Gen Zs and 40% of boomers saying having a work partner was not okay. Out of the total adults polled, 21% said they thought it was okay to have a work spouse. Well, 45% they said They thought the relationships weren't appropriate. Huh.
0: I found this to be interesting on a couple of levels. I would have thought that the youngsters would have been more liberal about these things, right? Like, I I was a little surprised that it was flipped up. But I also think, I guess, that for those youngsters, there's a different work situation, especially now in the, like, telework world, maybe. And so maybe perhaps the idea, the concept of it, they don't work with the same kind of familiarity and intimacy, with, you know, the people at their jobs, so maybe that's it. But I think what the big thing is, is actually pretty simple. He's got to call it something else. Like, if you did not use, like, these idioms that involve the idea of husband and wife, I think it would wind up being okay. Like, if it was your work bestie, your work brother slash sister, or something like that maybe this thing would go over um a little bit different but yeah i was i was very surprised to see what that you know what that reaction is because it doesn't even sound like at least from the way it was described it doesn't sound like they feel like this work person is going to be like a threat to the fidelity of their relationships they just feel kind of like threatened by the idea of it but the thing about work is sometimes you got to literally go through it right there are ways that your partner is probably not going to be able to support you in dealing with your workplace because there kind of needs to be an understanding specifically about like what that workplace is right There, there's there's a value that person is probably going to be able to provide now i would say when you need to start getting nervous about it is if that person is not willing to introduce you to their work person, then you might like what's really hood. Right? Like, like, like what's the, what's the thing that's going on. But now nah, I wouldn't have thought that the kids would have been nearly as threat. Now, the other thing I'll have to say here is I can't really relate to this. And the reason that I can't really relate to this is I'm the talent. Like I don't have that many peers and I'm the talent at a sports network. You see what I'm saying? Like, there aren't... Basically, the work wives that the talent would have would have to have like six or seven work husbands. I can't imagine how many people Mina would have to be the work wife for in this. We all cool with Mina. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, that's what it would have to be, but there, there aren't that many options. So for me, and you know, that's a dangerous way toward lawsuits and everything else. Like, I can't relate to what this is because in those trenches in that way it's not really the same um but no man it's gonna be kind of what it is your best bet is just let it go and your friendly reminder if you are worried about the fidelity of things the person you need to worry about is not the person you're going to hear about person you need to worry about you have no idea who that is they ain't gonna be like, oh, be my work bet nah nah nah. That's that's not mm-mm. that's not who you need to sweat. Trust me on that.
1: All right, this last story comes from social media.
5: I'm Sarah Morrison, senior reporter at Vox. It looks like Twitter owner Elon Musk is finally ready to make good on his threats to take away the blue checks that were given out to notable accounts. Uh, these went to like celebrities and brands and journalists, the things that were more likely to be impersonated and which Twitter thought would damage its own reputation uh, if they were. So Musk has said that starting uh, April 1st, those accounts would lose their blue check marks. Why would he do this? Well, Elon Musk sees blue checks as a money making opportunity. So he rolled out Twitter blue, uh, where for $8 a month, you get a blue check of your very own rushed this out last November, and chaos predictably ensued. A bunch of people used their newly, quote-unquote, verified accounts to impersonate various celebrities and brands. Uh, Twitter's tried to implement various measures to prevent that kind of thing from happening again. But here's the thing. Uh, no one's really buying it. Like, literally. People aren't used to paying for social media, and Musk needs millions of subscribers for this to be a sustainable business model. He does not have them. So now... Musk says he'll be taking those legacy blue checks away, and the only accounts that will have blue checks will be the ones that paid for them. Uh, They'll also keep getting more things that free accounts don't have, like you know new features, like four thousand character limit tweets, and like prominence in searches and replies, um, or things that used to be available to all accounts, like the ability to vote in polls. Uh, Musk also seems to get a certain joy from the idea of taking blue checks away from journalists who he generally doesn't like or respect, and who he thinks really really like their blue check status, and will be devastated to see it go. So what we should soon be seeing is just how much the people who had those checks before valued them, and if they'll pay Twitter to get them back. We may also see just how much of Twitter's value as a platform depended on its users being able to trust that the famous people and brands and journalists that they were interacting with were the people they said they were, because soon we won't have those assurances. Um, This all assumes, of course, that Twitter actually does take those checks away. Uh, So far, it sounds like the only account that's lost its check was the New York Times. uh, And that's only because someone snitched to Musk that the newspaper said it wouldn't pay for one. Side note, uh, the blue checks came into being because famous baseball guy Tony La Russa sued Twitter over another account pretending to be him. So it's a sports story, sort of.
0: (laughs) That's cute how she thought that she had to give us a little sports day. We'd be out here talking about everything ma'am. (laughs) <laughs> with all due respect anyway um question one do people really think they matter because they have a blue check like i have always i've seen this notion the resentment towards the blue check on twitter and i'm very curious if the people who have them care nearly as much about it as the people who don't like i remember when i got my verification and you can look it up i had said for a long time i didn't even want it because it didn't really matter to me right but it got to a point where i needed it because i was being impersonated by so many different accounts and it was early enough in the process where you couldn't assume that somebody had a twitter account or you knew when the twitter account started now i got like five hundred fifty thousand followers and all of this stuff you're not going to be able to really impersonate me on twitter in a way whether i have the check or not in a way that matters That's just not you're just not going to be able to do that. You're not gonna be able to fool anybody. I don't think at this point. So for like younger people, perhaps up and comers or whatever, they're the ones that need to worry about it. Right. But the people who are established and have been on the platform for a while, I don't think they're the ones that need to worry about having verification in terms of proving their identities. I just don't think that they're the base that has to deal with that. But Musk really has tapped into this idea that there are haves and have-nots here and that the delineating factor is the blue check. And I know that people believe that. I don't know how many people they need to pay for these blue checks, but go go through my mentions. Any of you, go check them out, all right? Search for Beaumonti underscore Jones and see what comes up. What you're going to see is a lot of people who paid for blue checks so they can get priority in people's mentions to send nonsense. There are a lot of people who do this. And for those who are professional, and this is where I think that Twitter and, and Musk are messing up here, when well, we were getting our stuff going with game theory, I don't remember exactly what it was if we were or were not verified. Like I just, I just don't remember like process-wise. I wasn't too much involved in that. But I do know that with verification came the ability to post longer video clips. And we were unable on the account to post longer clips on the Twitter account. And I was talking to my social people and I was like, well, is it worth it for us just to pay the eight bucks? I was like, the answer is no, because of what the signal is. Like the idea of you paying, like you see the memes, this fool paid for Twitter. Even if you're saying you got to make everybody do it, it's a bad look for you in that place to be the person that paid eight dollars to then get verified. Everybody can click on and they say it's Twitter blue, they paid for it or whatever that... That's a bad look. On top of the fact that I think a lot of these companies in particular are just not going to bow down to Elon Musk. Like for me at this point it's not worth it enough for what the signal is to pay $8 for you to put this blue check on there. But what they did was also take away stuff like two-factor authentication and things like that. So what he's basically saying is he's holding kind of the safety of these more visible accounts in peril. In danger with what he's doing just to try to get people to pay $8 to get this verification it's so wild but what i really do want to know if you are a person who thinks you somebody because you got a blue check could you please email me because i would like to talk to you and have a conversation to make you feel better about yourself but i don't i don't know the people who care about that i don't but i damn sure know the people who care about the idea that they don't have them and i'm like dude i only want this so you know i'm not an imposter this does not make me anything else right If you want to know what creates the hierarchy on Twitter, it's very simple. You follow me, I don't follow you. That doesn't apply to everybody. But you follow me, I don't follow you. The check is not what puts me in charge in this relationship. Know what I mean? Hey, this is Beaumonti. You have reached the right time voicemail. Say whatever you want. Get creative with it. But this is your place to talk back to the show. So talk back. Peace. All
1: right. The voicemail topic for this week is tell us the story of the time you were trying to send a text about someone, but you accidentally sent it to someone.
0: Woo, that's the worst boy. Woo, 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 woo. That's the worst boy.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of voicemails this week. Uh, Here's the first one. What up, Bo? Appreciate everything you provide to us, listeners. So. There was one time I was working a meeting and we're just going to call the lady Jane. And, uh, Jane was a talker and she didn't really have anything of note to talk about. She just liked to talk. She'd talk to you about Disney. She'd talk to you about what your favorite food was, but she just didn't know how to shut up. And one time I got staffed to work a meeting with her and This is my first time working these meetings. She works these all the time, and it's basically a glorified room monitor set up. you got faculty speaking, and you set up to make sure they all right. And whole thing I'm trying to do to get us going, and she's steady talking my ear off the whole time. Get everything set up. I go into a break room to do some work. She'd come follow me. Still want to talk. Telling me, ask me, have I been to Disney? Am I planning to go? Well, here are all the places that I should go. Do you like Harry Potter? No, I don't. So I'm going to tell you about Harry Potter anyway. So this meeting is probably from 8 to 4 p.m. And she wore me out. I get back to my apartment, get ready to get on some Madden. And before I fire up the game, I thought I was texting my guy saying, yeah, Jane wore me out today with all that talking and little did I know that I was texting Jane and uh, Jane replies back and says, uh, excuse me? And I said, uh, you know, I'm really sorry, Jane. I was actually referring to a different Jane. You know, I play online gaming and she wore me out in these few minutes that I was playing Uh, as soon as I got home and I texted Her instead of you. So I apologize. She was back the next day talking about Disney. So I don't think she got the hint at all. She no longer works for the organization. Bo, I appreciate everything. Take care.
0: Of course she didn't get the hint. She did and then you told her it wasn't the hint. I mean, I don't blame you. But I don't know what you was like. That was your chance to be like, my bad. Like that was, that was all you need to hit her with my bad. Like if you really wanted something to change, but I know that had to feel awkward. I sent one of those to a coworker, man, our relationship ain't been the same.
1: All right. This next one's from Ken. Yeah, hey, Bo, this is Ken, retired Navy.
3: And now I'm doing outside sales I've Been doing it for about four months now. Um, since I don't know the product, I always have to reach out to my coworkers. So one day I sent my, one of my coworkers a text to say, Hey, Call me when you finish. I got a question about a product. So after 20 minutes, I'm waiting, uh, 20, 25 minutes, I'm waiting. And so I'm I'm not, usually him not calling me back, so I called him. I'm like, hey, dog, did you get my message? He's like, yeah, I got your message. I sent you a reply. I'm like, dog, I didn't get no text. He's like, yeah, I told you, man, I can't wait to get this clown to sign this contract so I can move on from him. And I'm like, bro, I didn't get that. He was like, uh, I said it to tell you, I'm like, bro, you might want to check your phone. Come to find out he actually sent it to the customer that he was trying to sell the product to. So, <laughs> so in real time, he's like, mother. And I'm like, hey, hey, dog, I don't know what you're planning on doing, but he, he basically, he basically didn't make that sale that day, bro. <laughs> but I love your show, man.
0: Keep up that good work, bro. <laughs> bro. I don't, I don't. I think you might, but I love that. I think you might want to double check. That's where your booty go, <coughs> just like that, right there. All right,
1: this last one. Uh, well, it's even worse. Yo, my Money, uh,
6: first time caller, long time listener. Yo, let me tell you, man. So I was like multitasking. And I was, uh, I was text, I had a group, I got a group chat with my homeboy. And uh, I was multitasking. And like my wife and I, we was on this workout kick, all right. This workout, uh, kick or whatever. And, uh, you know, it was like the third day in. And I'm a, I wouldn't call myself a workout warrior, but, you know what I'm saying? I, I get it in fairly, fairly decent. Um, but it was like the third day. And she started complaining. And I was like, dog, I'm complaining. Like, you know what I'm saying? You want to lose the weight or not. So, I'm venting to my homeboys, cause we was like the subject was gross or whatever, and I and I just immediately triggered me. I, I'm venting to my homeboys, like we talking and talking, and then my wife texted me, and uh, you know I'm texting her, texting them, and then I, I send a audio message, you know what I mean? Cause I've been I, I was texting, I think I was sending an audio message to her and them at the same time, and I'm I wasn't going in, but I said enough. You know what I mean? Like, I said enough. I was like, man, stop complaining all the time. Damn, look, look You know, you you say you want to lose weight. Do you, do you really? You know what I mean? I, I was going there. I, I, I might have used a little profanity. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't, I didn't call it no names or nothing. But anyway, um, and I'm just like, I'm um, 20, 30 minutes go by and I'm like, man, why these niggas ain't hit the back yet? You know what I'm saying? And then my wife walks through the door and then I'm like, oh, what's up, baby? It's like, don't oh, baby me. I'm going to ask you this, this, this. You know what i'm saying you 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 talking to your friends and i'm like i'm like what i'm I'm looking confused, and then you know' like, yeah, you thought you sent it to them, but you sent it to me, so I check my uh i check my uh my phone, sure enough, it says delivered <laughs> to my wife, I was so embarrassed I was so many a t n just just about everything you could think of it was it was bad man, but you know everything worked out uh luckily, and uh this point on like i I feel you know we still have our discussions, but I always make sure, you know, like when I'm sending out a voicemail, I'll uh, or voice or audio note. I always look at the deliverer first before I send it. Anyway, Bo, appreciate you, man.
0: Yeah, dog. Hey, man. It's 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 the pain we can all relate to. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all there. I ain't telling you none of my stories, though. They, whew, yeah. I applaud y'all's confidence. I really do. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Right Time. We do this three times a week uh parko is a dance dancing handling everything behind the scenes thank you gentlemen also thanks to our if you haven't heard contributors thanks to joseph cox of vice check out his story on the irs wanting to acquire a new internet monitoring tool at motherboard uh thanks to b nolan of insider check out her story on the generational divide on having a work spouse and thanks to sam morrison of vox check out her story on elon musk trying to make us pay for twitter remember follow the right time rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy
3: thanks for checking out the right time with bomani jones podcast
4: you can listen or follow on the espn app or wherever you listen to podcasts
3: the right time
4: with bomani jones